Amen. Well, before I begin, I do want to thank Pastor again for the opportunity. It's always an honor to get to preach to you guys, so I'm very grateful for that. So just thank you to Pastor for the opportunity. So there in Colossians 3, Colossians 3, look at verse number 1 again. Colossians 3, 1, the Bible says, If ye then be risen with Christ, notice it says, Seek those things which are above. And the idea is that you ought to seek, you ought to be purposefully looking for, notice, for things which are above. It says, Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. And in verse 2, we get the title of my message in these three words. It says, notice, set your affection. It says, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. You know, I like those three words. It says, set your affection. You know, what is affection? Affection is a feeling of liking and caring for someone or something. Like, you know in your life if you have affection towards something or someone. And when you do, what do you do? You care for that individual or for that thing, right? You give it your affection. Affection is having tender attachment. It's having fondness. It's your love. It's when you show someone or something that you actually care about them, about him, about her, or about that thing. But it says, it says, set your affection. You know, that word set, it has purpose. It has, it has meaning, meaning that it's not by accident. See, you choose to place your affection on where you want it to be. Like, you don't just accidentally love the things that you love. You don't accidentally care for the things that you care about. You know, the word set means to put, to lay, or stand something in a specified place or position. And what Paul is saying is that we ought to be purposeful, on purpose, give our affection to things, not accidentally, it should be done on purpose. You know, this evening, I want to preach a sermon called Set Your Affection. And the reality is that your affection is given on purpose. Keep your place in Colossians 3. That is our text for tonight. But go quickly to 2 John 1, 2 John chapter 1. So Paul says, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. And I understand, you know, we had a 4th of July picnic. Everyone's tired. I'm tired. You know, I'm sore. You're sore. But, you know, stick with me, and uh, I hope to be a help to you guys tonight. So Paul says, set your affection. You have to realize that giving your affection, giving your care, your love is a choice that you make. Second John 1, like verse number 6, the Bible says, notice, and this is love. You know, love is care, it's affection. Second John 1, 6. And this is love, notice, it says that we walk after his commandments. See, it says that we, you see, what is love? It says that we walk after his commandments. And look, that is a choice that you make every single day. See, you get to choose every day to show your affection to God, to give him your affection. How? By you choosing to walk in his commandments. Go, if you would, to um, Proverbs 23, Proverbs chapter number 23. In John 14, 15, Jesus Christ said this. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Again, showing that, look, you giving your affection is not by accident. Now, like, this, is how, this is how you, you live your life. Look, you live your life on purpose. You pay attention to a sermon on purpose right? You give your affection to your children on purpose. You give your heart to your job or you don't on purpose. You give your heart to the things that you love, whether it be sports or the world or money or material things. You do those things on purpose. See, it's not like, oh, one person just happens to love Jesus Christ more than other people. It's not just one person. They just happen to love the Bible a little bit more than me. They just happen to love. I don't have that gift of loving God. I don't have that gift of loving lost souls, of reading the Bible. No, those things are done on purpose. Proverbs 23, look at verse number 26. Here we have Solomon saying, notice in verse 26, he said, my son, notice, again, he said, give me thine heart. A command saying, look, 
I want you to on purpose give me your affection. And just realize, look, Paul said, look, set your affection, the things that you care about, what you show fondness towards, what you love, what you think about, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. So I want to begin by showing you that, look, your affection is given on purpose. It's not by accident. But not just that, not just giving your affection, but also keeping your affection is done on purpose. Because look, it may be that you're sitting here today and there may be a time in your life when you actually loved, had more affection towards the things of God than you do today. When you actually showed affection towards the lost souls that are out there and dying. There might have been a time in your life when you gave more affection maybe to your spouse or maybe even to your kids. You see, giving your affection is done on purpose, but also, you know what? Keeping your affection is done on purpose. You're there in Proverbs 23. Go to Proverbs 4. If you go to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs 4, look at verse number 23. You got to be mindful of this, is that the affections that you have today, look, they can be won or lost, and both good or bad. Proverbs 23, look at verse number 20, uh, Proverbs 4, I'm sorry, Proverbs 4, verse 23. And I, you know, I like this verse. I'm sure you've heard me say this verse before, but I like this verse. It says, it says keep, Proverbs 4, 23. It says, keep, notice, thy heart with all diligence. You know, I like, I like those words. It says keep. You know, the word keep means to watch over or protect it. And here it says, notice, keep, notice, thy heart. You know, you gotta protect your heart and the things that you care about, where you give your affection to. You see why? Because look, there is a battle every day for your affection. Like, you know, this is true if you're a parent. Look, there's a battle for the affection of your children. You know, the devil wants to take that, your kid's precious, innocent heart and turn it unto the affections of the world. But even as adults, it says, notice, keep thy heart, protect your heart. It says, with all diligence. I mean, look, you gotta be constantly thinking about what do you care about in life? Where is your heart? Where are your affections? What do you, what do you fond towards? What do you attach towards? What do you think about in life? And the Bible says in 1 John 2.15, I'll turn there, but it says, love not the world. And look, that is a choice. It says, love not the world. And it says, neither the things of the world. And look, there's many things of the world that we can choose to give our affection towards. You know, think about what people are enamored with today. People are enamored today with politics, for example. Look, those are, those are things of the world. People are enamored today with possessions, with money, with, with wealth. They're enamored, they're affectionate towards hobbies of this world, towards sin, towards sports. Look, people give their affection to the things of the world. Go back to Colossians 3. And look, we, as God's people, we gotta keep our hearts with all diligence. Meaning, look, yes, you can give your affection to someone but look, you gotta just realize like, that affection needs to be kept if it's in the right place. And in Colossians 3, Paul begins by saying, if ye then be risen with Christ, if you're saved, if you're born again, he says, notice, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. And he said, notice, set, notice, your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. See, Paul is saying, look, that'd be a difference between your affection and the affection of the world. And like, you know, this is true. You know, you know, even before I got saved, I'm sure I mean, people have told me this. Before we got saved, you, you think to yourself, man, I would never be in church on a Wednesday night. I'm never going to wear a suit. I'm never going to do this. I'm, I'm never going to do these things. So like, yeah, before as an unsaved person, yeah, you, you had that affection. But then you get saved. You start living, you start doing what God wants you to do. 
And he begins to have an affection towards the things of God. And he realizes that your heart changes. But here we see, like, we have to have a difference in what we care about versus the world. Verse 3, he goes on, he says, notice, it says, for ye are dead. It says, and your life is hid with Christ in God. See, your life, the things that God wants you to love and care about, those things are not out in the world. Those things are hid with Christ in God. And tonight, I want to give you four places where we need to set our affection. Meaning, we need to give our affection, but look, not just give, more importantly, and even harder to do, is keep your affection. Now, I want to begin number one, is you got to set your affection on the Word of God. You got to set your affection, because what is affection? It is when you care for something, when you have tender attachment towards something, when you're fond of something. And look, you, we as God's people, it should be obvious that we should have an affection towards the word of God. Colossians 3, look at verse number 16. He goes on to say in this chapter, he says, notice, let the word of Christ, notice, dwell in you richly. See, the word dwell means to abide permanently. It means to live. And he says, let the word of Christ, the word of God, the Bible, the words of God. It says, dwell in you. It says, richly. You know, the word richly means that it's not just some shallow thing. That means it's, in, it's inside of you. It consumes you. It's almost like you're affectionate towards the word of God. It says, in all wisdom, it says, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And look, you got to ask yourself, look, was there a day and look, we know this is true because the Bible says, look, the Bible says that the, the heart knoweth its own bitterness. We know in our heart whether there was a day when we had more affection towards the word of God than we do today. Or we could say, hey, look, I have more affection today for the Bible, for reading the word of God than I did before. Look, that's great. You got you to just strive to keep that with your heart. Go to 1 Peter 1 if you would, 1 Peter 1. So you got to just decide to set your affection on the word of God. And it's done on purpose because look, Paul said, Set your affection on things above, meaning what? Meaning things that are eternal, things that actually matter. And look, what is eternal and what actually matters is the word of God. First Peter 1, like verse number 23, First Peter 1, 23, the Bible says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God. Notice what it says. It says, which liveth and abideth forever. Showing like that the word of God is eternal. And yes, while you and I hold a physical book in our hands, look, these words are eternal. The word of God. Verse 24, for all flesh is as grass, and the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And I love how it says in verse 24, that all the glory of man as the flower of grass. And like, what, what, I mean, what do we want? We want our own glory. We want to make sure that we're the head honcho, that we're taken care of, that it's all about us. And look, because, we're, because we're, we're just human beings, we're in the flesh, right? But look, it says that all the glory of man is as the flower of grass. For all flesh is as grass. The grass withereth and the flower there falleth away. Look, when we seek those things, when we set our affection on things above, we should set our affection, our heart, our, our, what we love, what we're attached to, to the things that are eternal. And what is more eternal than the Bible? And so look, you got to just give your affection to the word of God. You say, how is that done? Well, how do you give your affection to something in this world? How do you give your affection to a spouse or someone you love? Like you spend time with them. You live with them, right? You're there for them. You're there together with them. In the same way, like you gotta just decide to give your affection to the word of God. How? By spending time with the word of God. 
But not just that, look, once you have that, you gotta just decide to keep your affection there. Because look, it is a constant struggle for you to just have the affection, but also just to keep that affection. You see, how do I keep my affection? Well, guess what? You spend time with the Word of God every day as well. And look, decide, look, I'm just gonna read the Word of God, and look, the affection will come. Because here's what we think, and I've heard pastors say this, and I've heard speakers say this, they say, feelings follow behavior. Is that you act first and your feelings will follow. See, like as human beings, you know, we tend to do what we feel like doing, right? I don't feel like reading the word of God, so maybe I just don't love the word of God as much as so-and-so does, as much as the pastor does. But look, if you just decide to act first, look, those feelings will follow. Decide to, I'm going to read the word of God because that's what God wants me to do. And look, you'll realize that, look, the affection, those feelings will come when you do those things. And look, this is a constant struggle in your life. And look, the devil, the world, would love nothing more than to remove our affection towards the word of God. Keep your place here. We go to Psalm 119. You from Psalm 119. You see, what's the first place we as God people should set, meaning on purpose, where we should put our affection? We should put it on the word of God. And look, we know just in our own lives that, look, there is a battle every day for, your, for this affection. You see, how do we know? Because look, is it natural for us to wake up every morning? Is it, who, who opens their eyes and just reaches over, you know, and you're looking for the Bible? You know, just, where's the Bible? I need, I need the Bible. No. What do people do? They open their eyes like, where's, where's my phone? Let me check Instagram. Let me check social media. Let me check Facebook. Let me check, look, there's a battle every day for your affection. And look, it's not just social media. Look, it's, it's internet, period. It's, it's TV, period. See, look, if we, had a, if we really had affection for the word of God, a, a fondness, a love, we actually loved it, it we'd be waking up and saying, you know, where, where's the Bible? I need the word of God. And you say, how can I get that? It's not gonna be done. It's not, you're not gonna wake up and just get there by accident. Why? Because like your feelings will follow your actions. We decide to know, you know what, I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna read the word of God. Look, those feelings will come. And you will find that you will grow to love, to become more affectionate towards the word of God when you decide to spend time in the Bible. Psalm 119, look at verse number 97. Psalm 119, verse 97. And look, it's, it's done on purpose. Psalm 119, verse 97, the Bible says, Oh, how love I thy law. And it, it's, it, I wish I could say this. You know, I, I don't know if I could say this. I, I don't think I could say this. But the psalmist is saying, look, oh, oh how love I thy law. He's saying, man, I love the word of God so much. It's, it's, it's undescribable. And so, you see, how is that done? Well, it says, notice, it says, it is my meditation, notice, all the day. Could you imagine being the, the, a, a child of God who meditates every day on the word of God? And look, there's, there's a plethora of verses that say we got to meditate, think about the word of God every day, all the day long, all the days of our lives, from sunup to sundown, when you rise up in the morning, when you go to bed and talk to your kids, when you go to the store, when you're in your, in your house, you're just thinking about the word of God. Like, is, is that natural? No. And look, realize, look, there's, there's, a, there's a battle every day for where your heart is going to go for today. And look, we know, we, we know where our heart is. We know, you say, how do I know? How do I measure? Well, what do you think about all day? Where is your mind all day? I mean, like, I know for me, like, I can't say, like, all the day long, I was just thinking about the word of God. I, I, you know, I wish I could say that, but I can't say that. But you know what? This, this ought to be how we should live our lives, where we, where we just think about the word of God. But how do we get there? 
We get there by deciding to just spend time in the Word of God, reading it every day, meditating upon it, and learn to grow. Like the psalmist here says, oh, how love I thy law. How do you get there? He said, it is my meditation all the day. You see, how do I keep my affection? Well, look, ask yourself, what are the things that distract you from reading the Bible? And look, you know what that is, whatever it is, things that honestly are not as important, things on the earth versus things that are above. When Paul would say, look, set your affection, the things that you love, that you care about, put those things somewhere on purpose, on the things that actually matter. And look, what matters more than the word of God? So ask yourself, you know, what, what are the distractions? And look, think of any relationship. If you start neglecting a relationship that you love, whether it's a spouse or even children, just family or friends, if you start neglecting that relationship, will that relationship grow? Will the affection grow? Will the fondness grow? Will there be the passion, the love, the care that there once was before? No. So decide, look, I'm not just going to give, give my affection. I'm going to keep my affection on the word of God and put away the distractions And look, it's not just sin. It's also the weights that that so easily beset us. Things that may not be sinful, but you know what? They're things of the earth. Where we give our affection to, honestly, things that just don't matter. Where Paul would say, you know what? Give your affection to things that are above. So number one, we've got to give our affection, set our affection on the word of God. But number two, go to Matthew 28. If you go to Matthew chapter 28. See, you got to set on purpose, lay, put, stand. Your affection, the things that you care about, you're fond of, you think about on things that matter. And number one, you got to set your affection on the word of God. But number two, you got to set your affection on the work of God. You know, you got to send your affection, set your care, your tender attachment, your fondness, not just to the word of God, but also to the work of God. Matthew 28, verse number 19. Of course, you know these verses, right? It's the purpose as to why, why, why we're here. Why does this church exist? Matthew 28, 19 says, Go ye therefore, notice, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Verse 20 It says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. You know, you see, what's the purpose? Why are we even here? Well, the purpose we see here is the Great Commission. And look, this is a work that as God's people, we need to set our affection towards, towards the work of God, towards doing what, teaching all nations, getting out there, getting people saved, bringing them into church and baptizing them, and teaching them the word of God. Look, that's why we're here. Look, this is a place where like, we as God's people shouldn't just be, well, you know, I'm sitting in church. Well, you know, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm going soul winning, I'm checking it off. Like it's, like it's just this thing. And look, we should do it out of duty. We should, we should do it because it's the right thing to do. But look, is your affection there? I mean, is your, I mean, can we say that our affection is on the Great Commission, that your affection is on, you know what, I'm actually gonna get people saved. I'm going to try my best. I'm going to give my all, my heart, to getting people baptized, to getting a disciple. I mean, do we really care about those things, is what Paul would be asking? Or are our affections the things we care about really are just other things that honestly don't really matter? You see, what, what should our affection be on? It should be on the work of God, on the Great Commission. Go to Matthew 9, if we go to Matthew chapter 9. And so think about the things that you care about. In Matthew 9, we see 
the affection of the work of God from the Lord Jesus Christ. In Matthew 9, look at verse 35. In Matthew 9, 35, it says, notice, and Jesus went about all the cities and villages. Notice, teaching in their synagogues. And off the bat, you see just the care of our Lord. It says, going to what? To all the cities and villages. Not stopping, just constantly working. And unlike today, you know, back then, this was, this was a lot of work. To go there on foot to all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, notice, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. And look, you see the, the, the care, the passion, the affection that our Savior had towards the work of God. That he's willing to go out there on foot. And look, we know, look, we go soul winning, getting people saved, preaching the gospel. Look, that is exhausting. Giving the gospel like two or three times, that alone is tiring. Let alone going out there all day, preaching the word of God, getting people saved, helping people. Like that is a lot of labor. But we see, we see the care that he had. But not just that, in verse 36, we see the affection just grows. It says, but when he saw the multitudes, notice it says he was moved with compassion even after being out there, going to all the cities, all the villages, I'm sure he was exhausted. I'm sure he was tired. Even after all that, we see the love, the care that he had for the work of God. He saw the multitudes. He saw the lost souls. He saw the people. It says he was moved with compassion on them. This is why, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. And look, as God's people, we should set our affection on the work of God. And allow this work of God, look, to move us with compassion towards the lost. And look, are we going to be tired? Look, everyone's tired tonight, right? I'm exhausted. You're exhausted, right? It was a long day yesterday, but you know what? What should move us is that, you know what? There's, we see people as sheep having no shepherd. That the fact is that there's people out there who don't have a pastor. They don't have a church. They have no hope. They're, they're not saved. And look, we have the key. We have the answer. And look, this should move us with some compassion. And our affection should just grow and more. And yet, we're tired. Yeah, we're going through all cities and villages. But you know what? We see, that we see the need, and you know what? Our affection just grows. You see, how do I give my affection? How do you set your affection? Well, number one, you got to just get in the work. If you're not in the work, you say, how do I get an affection towards the lost souls? How could it actually grow? You say, look, you say, well, it's not for me because I don't just have that burden. Well, just get in the work, and the, the love will come. Join us out there soul winning, preaching the gospel. Get out there with us. And look, realize like you will, you will learn to love lost souls if you just go out there. Why? Because look, your feelings will follow your actions. And Paul would say, set your affection on things above. You say, look, well, I'm already a soul winner. I'm already going. Well, look, keep your affection. And look, keeping your affection is actually a lot harder than giving your affection. Because look, it's easy to start, but you know what? People often, they fall back. They fall back, and you know what? They're not as faithful as they once were in life. They're not as faithful to, to preaching the gospel to the lost. They don't care as much as they used to. And look, if that's you, look, get back, get back on. And just get that affection back. How? By actually doing more, by preaching the word of God, getting back out there, learning to love lost souls. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4.1, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. He's saying we don't quit. He's saying we keep going. Why? Because, look, our affection towards, should be towards the work of God. Go to Romans 9, if you go to Romans chapter 9. So you got to set your affection, your love, what you care about on the work of God. And you say, well, look, I don't, 
preach the gospel out and go soul winning, well, look, join us. Be a silent partner. Look, we need you. And look, you, you will, I promise you will learn to grow to love soul winning. If you just learn to give the gospel, if you're saved, look, you can give the gospel. If you're saved and you can speak, you can give the gospel. But look, if you're in here, you say, you know what, I go soul winning, I'm faithful, you know, I got my ducks in a row. But look, realize, look, we can grow in our affection as soul winners. We can grow in our affection more and more in the work of God. Romans 9, look verse number 1. In Romans 9, 1, I just want to point out the affection that the Apostle Paul had for lost souls. Romans 9, 1, it says, I see the truth in Christ, I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. He says, notice that, that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. And you read those words and he's like, man, like he really loves his brethren who aren't saved. He's saying, look, I have great heaviness, not just that, but also continual sorrow, continual affection towards trying to get his brethren who are not saved, saved. It says, notice in verse three, for I could wish that myself were a curse from Christ for my brethren. Man, you read those words and you think, man, the apostle Paul had some affection towards the lost. He's saying, man, I wish I could not be saved if it means getting everyone else saved. Like, that is some compassion. For I could wish that myself were a curse from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh. I mean, talk about a heart for the lost. And like, realize, like, we, we can grow in our affection towards the lost. If we just decide to not be complacent and actually work on our soul winning presentation, have a goal of teaching people, getting them baptized, getting a disciple, having them to learn all things, helping them learn to grow. Look, we can grow in our affection to be like Paul, to just want to just more and more love, to want to give the gospel to people. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58, the Bible says, don't turn there, it says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable. It says, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Look, our goal is to, yes, be in the work of the Lord, but not just sit there and stay there and check it off like it's some list, but always be abounding in the work of the Lord. And look, you see people, you can see it in their faces when they lose the passion for a lost soul. When they used to just love to go out there and preach the gospel. And look, that's something we got to just strive to keep in our minds and our hearts to have this burden to set our affection, what we care about, on things that actually matter, on preaching the word of God and getting people saved, on the work of God. You see, what should, I do? what should I do? You should set your affection on the work of God. And like, ask yourself, are there distractions that are keeping you from setting your affection for the work of God? Are there distractions that keep you from not being in the work of God? And if there are, like, just decide, look, I'm going to set my affection on what actually matters. But if you say, no, I'm faithful here, well, you know, ask yourself, are you abounding in the work of the Lord? Or have you become complacent? And look, abounding is, is harder. It's harder to do. But we've got to strive to be growing in our affection towards the lost. Go back to, go to John 13, for John 13. You see, where should I set my affection? Well, number one, you've got to set your affection on the word of God. Number two, you've got to set your affection on the work of God. And look, just decide to get in the work. <clears throat> and look, that's why we're here. That's why this church exists. It's for the Great Commission. And it's not going to be done by accident. It's going to be done by people just getting involved and getting in the work. It's just deciding, you know what? I'm going to get involved wherever I can and get in the work. So number one, you got to set your affection on the word of God. Number two, you got to set your affection on the work of God. Number three, you got to set your affection on the people of God. 
you know, the people in this room, God's people, your fellow brethren, they should know that we care for, that we have tender attachment, that we have fondness for, that we have affection towards them. We should set our affection on purpose on the people of God. John 13, look verse number 34, the Bible says, notice, John 13, 34, it says, a new commandment I give unto you. He says, he says, notice, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. And look, we gotta on purpose give our care, our attention to the people in this room. Our care and attention to people who are fellow believers as well. And like, this is something that's done on purpose. Because like, you think, every, you think everyone's just going to walk in here and just say, you know, I just happen to love everyone. No. Obviously, like, you, it's, it's done on purpose. When you decide to care for your brethren, when you decide to give them your affection, we decide to be there for them. And here Jesus said, look, that you love one another. He says, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And like, it's a commandment. Meaning, look, meaning it's a choice that you make. He says this in verse 35, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. It says if, it says if, if ye have love one to another. Like she had to decide, you know what? I'm gonna give my affection to the people of God. That God's people, the people in this church, the believers, that they know, look, this person cares for me. That they're there when I need them, that they're praying for me. Go to 1 Thessalonians 4, if you go to 1 Thessalonians 4. So decide, you're like, I'm going to give my affection to the people of God. And like, this is done on purpose. Because like, everyone's different. Like, we all have our own personalities, right? But like, we just decide, like, you know what? I'm going to love my brother in Christ. I'm going to love my sister in Christ. I'm going to give them my affection. And this is done on purpose. Give your affection to the people of God. 1 Thessalonians 4, look at verse number 9. It says, but as touching brotherly love, it says, you need not that I write unto you. He's saying, look, I don't, need, I don't need to write to you about this. You already know about brotherly love. He says, for you yourselves are taught of God, notice, to love one another. And then he says, and indeed you do toward all the brethren which are in all Macedonia. But then he says this, he says, but we beseech you, brethren. He's saying, he's saying look, I know that you're showing your love towards all the brethren. And then he says, look, but I beg you, but I beseech you, brethren, it says that ye increase more and more. He's saying, look, I know you gave your affection towards your brethren. I don't, need, I don't need to write it unto you. He says, I need not that I write unto you because you already know about brotherly love. See, I already know you started to give your affection, but then he says, look, but you know what? But I beg you, I beseech you. Don't just stay there. So I want you to increase in this, in brotherly love more and more. See, look, our love for the brethren should grow. And look, we should never get to this place where it's like, well, I have my, my group, my clique that I care about, my four and no more. That's not how it should be. Look, we should, as the church grows, look, we should have love for all our brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm not saying you're going to be everyone's best friend, but look, our love for the brethren should grow more and more and more. And look, they should know that we're there for them. You say, how do I give them my affection? Well, look, how do you give anyone your affection? You spend time with them, Right? You fellowship with them. You talk to them after the service. You talk to them before the service. You go to the church picnic, right? You play, you get involved. You just join the fellowship times. You're there with them. You spend time with them. You get to know them. Look, you bear one another's burdens. 
And look, when you bear one another's burdens, look, that'll make you love people more and more. Okay, I mean, we hear stories all the time, even now, you know, families that are in the hospital, you know, it breaks your heart. Family members pass away, you know, like, those things hurt. But, you know, but, you know this, all this makes us love our brethren more and more. And look, we should, like, our love should grow more and more for the people of God. And decide to give your affection to your brother in Christ. But don't just give it to them, you know what, keep it there. And look, it's a lot harder to keep your affection for God's people than it is to give it to them. Because anyone can start to love you. Look, everyone loves everyone once they first meet them, right? But then you, but then you get to know them. Oh, brother so-and-so. Oh, sister so-and-so. Yeah, but look, that's everyone. Because guess what? Everyone's a sinner. Guess what? Everyone's irritating. Everyone's, a, everyone's, got, everyone's got something. Everyone's going to irritate you. But look, so, so don't just start to give them your love. Praise God that you did, but once you do, do the mature Christian thing and just keep it there. Go back to Colossians 3, but Colossians 3. Look, like, keeping your affection is a choice that you make, and it must be done on purpose. Like, you, you think about, you know, our pastor and our pastor's wife, I'll, I'll bring them up. But you know what? They, 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 they care about all of us. And you, you think that's just, they just happen to just get along with everyone just by, by accident. No, it's a choice they make because they're mature Christians. But when you see people just not wanting to love their brother in Christ, that shows a lot of immaturity. Colossians 3, like verse number 12. And in Colossians 3 is where we started, where he said, set your affection on things above, your heart, what you love, what you care about, what you're fond towards, towards things that matter. And in verse 12, he says, notice, put on therefore. Notice, again, a choice. The way you chose to put on your clothes, you got to put this on too. He said, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved. Notice, bowels of mercies. You know, what is mercy? You know, mercy is what God showed us. When God was right and justified to condemn us to hell. But you know, in his mercy, he loved us. He chose to forgive us when he didn't have to. When he was in, in, in his right to not do so. Bowels of mercies. Notice, kindness. That's how you treat people. I mean, could this, could this, could this describe? And this, should be, this should be our description for people. People should look at us and say, you know what, that person, they're, they're, they're merciful. They're kind towards me. It's this humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Look, these are areas we can all just choose to grow in. It says put on there for these things. Do it on purpose. Give your affection, but keep it there by putting things on like this, like mercy, by kindness, by humbleness of mind, esteeming others better than yourself. Meekness, being somebody who can be approachable, long-suffering, willing to put up with people. Verse 13, forbearing one another. Notice, and here's the hard part, and forgiving one another. It says, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And look, you say, how do I keep my affection towards the people of God? Well, it's this word. It says forgiving. Forgiving one another. Like, you think about our pastor and our pastor's wife, you think 12, 13 years in ministry, you don't think they've been hurt, you know? I mean, anyone who's been saved long enough in serving the Lord, everyone's been hurt. You see, how, how do you strive to keep your love for people, your love for, the, your love for God's people. Well, there it says, put these things on. Put it on. And once you wear it, 
Keep it on you. Mercy every day. Kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another. It says forgiving one another. Even if they don't apologize, look, people, people have done me wrong. They've done other people wrong. They don't apologize for it. But you know what? You just forgive them anyway. In your mind and your heart. You see, why? As Christ forgave you, so also do you. You see, how do I keep my affection for God's people? It's a choice you make by forgiving. Go to 1 John 4, if you're to 1 John chapter 4. And like, it's not on purpose. When you choose to give your affection, when they know, you know what, this person cares for me. They're fond of me. They love me. They're there for me. First John 4, like verse number 7. First John 4, 7, the Bible says, Beloved, it says, notice, let us love one another. First John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another. It says, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And then it says, look, it says, let us love one another. It sounds like a command. For love is of God. It says, he that loveth not knoweth not God. I'm not saying you're not saved, but it's saying, look, you don't understand. You're, you're just, you don't know God as well as you should. You see, why is that? Well, in verse 9, it says, in this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. You see, how do we perceive the love of God? Is that God sent his only begotten son to save us when we didn't deserve it. That God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Here in his love, verse 10, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, verse 11, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Now look, there it says, look, if God loved you enough to save you, then look, we ought to love one another too. What does that mean? That means like you have to just keep your love for God's people. And like just be someone who is willing to forgive, you know? And if obviously if there's an issue that's got to be dealt with, obviously deal with it in the right biblical way. But if it's not worth dealing over biblically, then just let it go or forgive, you know, or deal with it. Why? Because look, we got to just give our affection to the people of God. It is a command. It says, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you. You guess so love one another. It says, brotherly love, they increase more and more and more. How is it done? Put on, therefore, mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forgiving one another as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Now, look, this is a choice that you make. Because, look, like, I mean, we've heard all the time, we can't hang out together three times a week, go into picnics, having events, go and so working together without there being issues. It's going to happen. But you know what? That's okay, because we're a family, Right? <laughs> And as a family, we should be willing to forgive one another. And just, and just why? Well, maybe because Christ forgave you. Maybe that's why. So Paul says, look, set your affection, the things that you actually care about, love, attachment, your fondness, on things that matter. And look, on things that are above, and we're going to spend eternity with people, with everyone in this room, if you're saved, obviously. Spend all of eternity together. Those are things that are above. Go feel to... Um, Go to 1 Chronicles 29, 1 Chronicles 29. So number one, you got to set your affection on purpose on the Word of God. Decide every day to read it. Decide to not be distracted. Number two, you got to set your affection on the work of God. 
and decide, look, I'm, I'm going to love the work that God has given us. Number three, you've got to set your affection on the people of God. And number four, you've got to set your affection on the house of God. You know, you've got to set your affection on the house of God. And look, like I said again, this is done on purpose. Setting your affection. Because look, a child that's born, I've said this before, you know, the, the jokes are repeating, right? A child that's born, they don't come out with a Raiders jersey. You know what I mean? They got mommy and daddy throwing them in front of the TV and just brainwashing them to love sports, right? It's done on purpose. But like in the same way, like when you, you're, the things that you love today, like somebody, somebody gave you those things. Somebody put a screen in front of you or they influenced you to love whatever it is that you love, to love the wealth, to love the material, to love that hobby, to love the sin, to love whatever it is that you, you're affectionate towards on the things of the earth. But look, you can choose to give your affection on things that matter. And we see a story of David here who set his affection on the house of God. Verse Chronicles 29, verse number one, the Bible says, Furthermore, David the king said unto all the congregation, Solomon, my son, whom alone God has chosen, is yet young and tender. Notice, and the work is great. For the palace is not for man, but for the Lord God. And look, in the same way, as we read this, look, the work that we do at Verity Baptist Church, it's not for man, but it's for the Lord God. And in verse 2, David says, Now I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God. The gold for things to be made of gold, and the silver of things for silver, and the brass for things of brass, the iron for things of iron, and wood for things of wood, onyx stones and stones to be set, glistering stones of divers colors, and all manner of precious stones and marble stones in abundance. And David said, look, I have prepared with all my might. You say, why? Verse, verse 3, he says, moreover, because, notice, I have set my affection to the house of my God. And David, obviously, the man after God's own heart. You say, where, where did David set on purpose his fondness, his attachment, his love, his care, what he thought about, what he cared about, what he loved. Where did he put that on purpose? He says, I have set my affection to the house of my God. You see, what is the result of you setting your affection to the house of God? Well, he says, I have notice of mine own proper good. See, David was willing to go above and beyond. He's willing to do more for the house of God, to give more for the house of God. I have of mine own proper good of gold and silver, which I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I prepared for the holy house. Like as God's people, you look, the, the work of God is done through the house of God. The reason we got saved is because there was a church who went out there and preached the gospel. Everything we do, every, the, the great work that's done for God is through the local church. And, you know, imagine, imagine if this city had no Verity Baptist Church. What, what would it be left with? some dead-in-the-doornail Baptist church that only just puts a door hanger. We have, we have mailmen who do that. Oh, I mean, if there was no church like this preaching the word of God, you know, reaching people, preaching the truth, getting people saved, getting people right in their lives, preaching against sin and the filth to help you, look, we should set our affection on, on, on the house of God. And notice verse 9. Then the people rejoiced for that they offered willingly. Because with perfect heart, they offered willingly to the Lord 
And David the king also rejoiced with great joy. You know, at this moment in time, the nation of Israel, look, their heart was united. Why? Because they on purpose set their affection on the house of God. And look, you know, this church is more valuable than any one life in this room. Because, you know, Lord willing, long after I'm dead, long after you're dead, long after we're all gone, Lord willing, this church will go on. Amen. And look, that is, that is, that is eternal. And the, the change that is happening, people getting saved, lives that are, babies being born, marriage is happening. Look, that, that affects eternity. So look, we should show care, tender attachment, fondness. We should set our affection to the house of God. You see, how can I give my affection to the house of God? Well, you got to just get on board. Get on board with the church program. Look, in the same way, like I've said, you give your affection by spending time with someone, getting to know them. Look, in the same way, like, get on board with the program of the church. Give of your time. Give of your talent. Give of what you have, your resources, to the house of God. But when you do that, when you give your, when you give your affection, keep your affection there. Because like, and you say, how do I keep my affection? Well, look, when you come to church, and look, this, this is how we can be, unfortunately, you know, sadly, people come to church, they're excited, they pay attention to the sermons, but then after a while, it's okay to doze off. It's okay to mess around. It's okay to not pay attention. And you don't think that affects your affection for the house of God. You say, how can I keep my affection? Well, you show up to church, you got to be engaged. When you show up to church, look, the, the, the hymn book's open. Open the hymn book and sing. When the preaching's being done, look, pay attention. And maybe apply something. Take, write a note. Do something with what's been given unto you. Look, keep your attention. Get on board. And as pastor said, look, be agreeable. Because as he said, look, a growing church is always in transition. Just be agreeable and just decide, you know what, this church is more important than, what, than, than any one man. Go to Ephesians 5, go to Ephesians chapter 5. So look, you got to give your affection, set your affection on the house of God. You see, how is it done? Just get on board. <clears throat> give it what you can. And look, every, God has put every member in this church in here for a specific purpose, for, for a plan. It says he had set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. Look, you're not here by accident. And look, there's, there's talents and gifts that you have that nobody else has. There's talents in this room that I wish I could have. I don't have. But you know what? You have them. So you can use them for the purpose of, for the work of God. Ephesians 5, look, verse number 25. Of course, this is in the context of marriage. But in Ephesians 5, 25, I want you to notice the affection that Christ had for the church. Ephesians 5.25, the Bible says, Husbands, love your wives. It says, Even as Christ also loved the church. And you see, how do we know that Christ loved the church? It says, And gave himself for it. See, Christ was willing to die for something that's, that's bigger. He gave himself for the church. Like in the same way, like, we ought to just be willing to sacrifice for something that's more valuable than the things of this earth. And so, look, tonight, I want to ask you, look, where are your affections? And, look, you know, you know the things that you think about all the time. You know the things that consume you, that you love, that distract you, where your mind is, where your heart is. Can we say that, man, my affection is on the Word of God? Can we say that, man, my affection is on the work of God? Can we say that my affection is on the people of God, on the, on the house of God? 
And look, and if it's not, just realize, look, you can choose today to give, to set your affection there on something that actually, that actually matters. And once you put it there, look, decide to keep your heart with all diligence. Decide to, you know, I'm just not, I'm not just going to put it there. I'm going to keep my affection there. Because look, there's a struggle for your affection every single day. And just decide, you know, I'm going to put it there. I'm going to keep it there because that's where God wants me to put it. Back to Colossians 3, put Colossians 3. Colossians 3, we'll end here. Colossians 3, 1, again, it says, notes, if ye then be risen with Christ. It says, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. It says, notice, set your affection on purpose, on things above, not on things on the earth. And like, you know, we read these verses a lot. Obviously, Colossians is a popular book. But we've got to just take our time and just really think about what it says. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Verse 3 says, notice, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. And in verse 4, it says this. He says, when Christ, he said, notice, who is our life? You've got to realize, look, that it, being saved, now that you're saved, look, the old man is dead. And there's a new man living inside of you. It says, notice, and Christ who is our life. You say, Brother Oliver, if I give my affection to the word of God, I'm not going to have time for the internet. I'm not going to have time for social media. Man, if I give my affection to the work of God, man, there goes, there goes the game on Saturday. If I give my affections to the people of God, man, now I'm going to have to forgive people. If I give my affections to the house of God, man, now I have to serve in church or do something, you know, give in church, or do, do whatever it is that God wants me to do in church. You see, if I do all these things, it sounds like it's just going to consume my life. Well, excuse me, the Bible says here, when Christ knows who is our life. And like, this is something you got to ask yourself, you know, is Christ your life? When, the, when sometimes our affections can be in the things of the world. Love not the world, not the things that are, that are, that are of the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And just decide, you know, I'm going to set my affection on things that actually matter. I'm going to set my affection on the Word of God. I'm going to set my affection on the work of God. I'm going to set my affection on the people of God. And I'm going to set my affection on the house of God. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this evening. God, I thank you for your Word and for our church and for everyone that's here. I ask you, please, be with our lives, dear God. I just thank you for being merciful and long-suffering towards us. And I pray that you help us all grow in our affection towards you. And I pray that you be with each and every one of us in our lives. God, please work with us and help us to, to love you more, to love your word, to love your work, to love your people, to love your house more and more. And I just thank you for all the blessings you've given us, God, and for your mercy and long-suffering towards us. I ask you, please be with our pastors. He's away. Just bring him home safely, God. And I just be with tonight, God. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.